You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters, Craig Morgan. We, we finally given him a day off after letting him work I think for four straight months. He's in hiding <laughs> from Brad Marchand. <laughs> I think he's hiding hiding under the blanket somewhere going oh gosh it was me yeah i don't know if you saw that but we'll get to that yeah there, there's a lot going on um when you it, get when you get <laughs> when you get an nhl player going after you on twitter it's like <laughs> we had to hide yeah. craig's location can't be yeah, known cannot, we cannot he is in hiding he's in witness protection <laughs> yeah lots to get to today um we're in the nhl all-star break for the coyotes at least a couple couple teams games still playing. still playing the next couple of days but for the coyotes it's a week off they don't play again until next monday which i think you and i are pretty pleased yeah. about <laughs> right Gosh. now but so, uh doesn't sure. mean there's nothing to talk about because there is plenty yeah um so we'll get into some of the nhl storylines going on we haven't checked in around the nhl in a while but one of the biggest nhl storylines just happens to be one that is happening right here related in to arizona. arizona so i think we should just dive right let's do in. it let's do it um for those who missed it although if you are on the internet i'm sure you have not on saturday night during the coyotes ducks game trevor zegris you know shoved barrett hayton from behind while he was down was given a roughing penalty and a 10 minute major and then you see troy stetcher going after him on the ice with a level of anger that is you know for hockey players who are always pushing and shoving and yelling and cursing just one step above that, something that didn't seem as normal as usual with Troy Stetcher. And then on Sunday on Twitter, you know, people tried to read lips on the ice. People, you know, put out there that maybe Trevor Zegers was going after Troy Stetcher's father, who tragically passed away in 2020. Um, and, you know, that, and then it all blew up. So <laughs> that's that's the su- brief summary of what's gone on. Um, and then... In the afternoon, Craig tweeted, um, I can confirm via the Coyotes that Anaheim forward Trevor Zegers did not say anything about Troy Stetcher's father during their dust-up last night, but per a team source, he crossed the line with, quote, some very inappropriate comments, and then Craig went on to say, Stetcher has declined comment on the topic. So I thought, okay, 
we put that to rest. Yep, it's over. Um, and and Stetcher declined comment if he wanted to keep it going. Yeah, Craig did the right thing. He got comment, got confirmation, and then nighttime comes, and we see this tweet from Brad Marchand, Boston Bruins. Uh, <laughs> what forward Brad Marchand replying to that very tweet? Shut your pie hole, Craig. <laughs> and now we don't know what to think. So, PD. Can we save? You, we give it, can we save that? Because there are many times that Lee and I say, "Yeah, I just shut so your pile, Craig." Just have that ready to go up because that's something we want to say to Craig often around here. Shut your pile, Craig. So coming from Brad Marshall, we should actually get like a cutout of his face with our lips moving, and then we can say, "Shut your pile, Craig," <laughs> with the quote underneath it. It's coming. Um, there's surprisingly enough, there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to, to to walk the line of this is still hockey and this is still professional sports and this is still a combative sport and this is a physical man's game. Having said that, I'm not in the war. I'm not in the fight. I'm not in the ice. So my opinion to this is there are some lines you can't cross. I'm not sure exactly what they are, but most importantly... If you are going to be that guy on the ice, and believe me, there are these guys in the National Hockey League and have been for the the existence of this sport, you have to be able to back it up. And you have to be able to, and I don't mean just fight, but you have to be able to be able to take it, for one, and you have to be able to, at times, you might have to defend yourself. So I think that's important. The biggest concern I have here with Trevor Zegers, me personally, is that he is becoming and is being portrayed as one of the faces of the this NHL. This this league is promoting its stars, its star players, and its personalities. He's, he's literally on the cover of the video game. Exactly. Yeah. And they want him to be that player that he is in people's living rooms. They know who he is. He does funny skits at the All-Star game. That's what they want from Trevor Zegers. They want his skill. They want his Michigan from behind the net, his flip over. They want that. But... If part of the Trevor Zegers package is this side of it, unfortunately, that has to come along with it as well. So my advice would be, if you're going to be that, and you want to be the face of the league and the face of the upcoming superstars in the league, then my opinion, shut your mouth. Play. You don't see these issues with Connor McDavid. You hear this with Trevor Zegers all the time. You saw Troy Terry having to stand up for him a year ago. And, and I know all of this was, oh, it was bad comments and all this. This is following Trevor Zegers around because guess what? I hate to say it, people. This is who Trevor Zegers is. He is becoming that player. He has to learn that he can't just say whatever he feels out there. Do it with your hockey. That's fine. Beat people. But you have to watch your mouth. And I think what's missing in Anaheim, I think what they're missing is Getzloff, Perry. They're missing that leadership group that can pull him aside and go, hey, kid, shut up. Because we're going to have to fight your battles. Unless you're willing to fight your battles, shut up. Because we're going to have to get we're going to have to get in fights for you. And we don't want to do it right now. Go win. Go play. Yeah, especially when this team is in the midst of the first overall pick. And yeah, they're bad. Yeah. So that's that's where I get frustrated. Like and it's funny. So what I did, because I'm not in the fight and I've never been on the ice in these high pressure situations. I reached out to some people. I asked them to come on the show and make comments and, and let us interview them on the air. And, and surprisingly guys didn't want to do that. They didn't think it was their place to get involved in this, but they did give me a lot of comments. 
And I, so I talked to a lot of former players, coaches about this incident and they, the comments ranged from all over the place. And one of them we talked about gets off and Perry and they said, you can have a personality. And one player said this, you get a personality and character and the player that did it most recently, the Coyote fans remember was Jeremy Roenick. Jeremy Roenick was brash. He was confident. He would say things. He was cocky. But Jeremy never crossed the line on the ice personally like that with personal comments. And more importantly, Jeremy Roenick backed it up, played incredibly hard and did his talking on the ice. And he said, that's the kind of character balance you have to have with being a high skilled player and knowing what and when to say things. And he said, he's the perfect example of that. And Trevor Zegers hasn't learned that yet. Um, so we'll see. I, I've got a lot more things that we can get into. I wanted to see what you thought of it. Well, so here's what I thought. I thought, and Craig said this on our show Saturday night, like we didn't want to make assumptions about what was said because we weren't on the ice. We didn't know. And unless Troy Stetcher or anybody else from the Coyotes or even Ducks wanted it to be known, that was on them. So when everything was blowing up on Twitter yesterday, I wasn't subscribing to anything that wasn't like confirmed by somebody who was there. When Craig put out his report, he did the right thing. He reached out to the team for comment. He reached out to Troy Stetcher for comment. He declined comment. They had said it wasn't about his dad, which was the rumor. So at that point, I was fine to push it aside and let it be. The Brad Marshawn tweet is actually the thing that re-stirred all of this up because there's so much not being said there and being said at the same time because like that wasn't really Brad Marchand going after Craig because Craig's tweet, literally all it was, was facts and reporting. Like there was, Craig didn't even insert his opinion in that tweet. So it, it makes you think, does Marchand have something against Zegris? Does Marchand know what was said and is trying to, you know, not have this go under the rug? It, it just brings up all of these questions that all of a sudden you think, wait a minute, I thought this was solved two hours ago when Craig put out this tweet and we all kind of collectively decided to move on. And all of a sudden, Brad Marchand, who, you know, for, for all his reputation in the NHL, he is a prominent voice in this league and you can't ignore what he said. And I know it was at Craig's expense that this comment was made, but it wasn't about what Craig said. It was about the larger situation. So that's why we're still sitting here talking about it Monday morning. And and the, the Marchand part of it's interesting because if you don't think this player's licked other players in fights and skirmishes. If you don't think he said something a little inappropriate at times on the ice, you're out of your mind. If you think this is uh, people like there's players out there and they're agitators. There's Claude Lemieux. We had Nick Cousins here as a member of the Coyotes. He said something on the ice that enraged the opposing player so badly. He chased him after the game. Like, th this is hockey. Sorry to all those that play tennis and golf. This isn't tennis and golf, where there's microphones everywhere. This is friggin' hockey. You're in a war out there. And that brings up one of the comments that somebody said. If it helps you win and gets under the opponent's skin, nothing is off limits. He said, if this helps you win, nothing is off limits. But he also said, you better be able to back it up. And he was, this is a guy that played a little while ago when the game was a little different. And there probably weren't as many microphones and people listening and lip reading. But he said, this is nothing. He said, to compare to what happened in those times. It's, I'm not justifying anything because most of the responses were this. And this, become, family is off limits. And that came up from tough guys. Whatever you can live with doing or saying, I've said a lot of things in my days, but I would never go after someone's 
dead family member. And this is from a guy who is notorious chirper, got in a lot of trouble, former coyote. And that's I, another player. I stayed away from wife's kids, family, etc. But that doesn't mean it didn't happen because it did. Some people have a hard time controlling their emotions and will say something out of anger and stuff. I, I feel there are more unwritten codes, and it seems like that is getting more and more so as the years go on. He said the old era was much, much worse. Most guys would not cross the line with wife and families, but he said that doesn't mean it's off the table because it happens. So most people did say wife and family are the limits. One last guy, I'm going to give his comment, another tough guy. I believe there is a line, and this is a guy that fought a lot in the National Hockey League. Death in the family, kids, they're a no-go for me. Also, how each individual takes that chirp is upon them. If you're going to uh, chirp somebody, you need to understand how it's going to affect the other player. They will get pissed. And lastly, he said, Zegers is about to feel a bit of wrath if he keeps it up. That team is not very tough anymore. And his buddy got beat up last year. He needs to get with it or expect more of this to happen. And I think that's ultimately it. Zegers doesn't have to do this. I don't yeah. know what it is about him that he feels he has to play like this. Just stop it. Yeah. Like you're a great skilled hockey player. Yeah. Don't do that. Let your skill show part of the game. Don't do this. Like I, I, I'm all for competing and I, I never played at this level, but I said this once that I was playing in college and, and I was adopted and someone said to me, you were adopted because your mom didn't love you. That is horrific, but I laughed. That was that was really, really good. And I didn't let it affect me yeah. or my play because I didn't let it get under your skin. And this is hockey. I think there are some lines. And in today's society, you have to be very careful of what you say and how you talk about people. But it's still competition. If you say something about, hey, your sister's ugly. Okay. Like, understand yeah. the source of the argument and we'll skate away laughing. Is that all you got? Yeah. Anyway. But also Troy Stetcher had every right to react how he did. Well, absolutely. Obviously it pushed a button. And beyond that, to, to that point, be careful. Because you saw how he reacted. They play again on April 8th. And if if it was bad enough and affected him personally enough, Zegers has to answer for that. That is the National Hockey League. That is one of the unwritten codes. You can say it. You can do it. But you're going to have to back it up. And I, I, I go here's an example of backing up. Um, Shane Doan hit Chris Letang in, in Arizona. It was a game in Arizona, and he pushed Chris Letang off of balance. was not a dirty hit. Chris Letang goes into the board awkwardly, leaves the game, does not return. Chris Letang was a star of the Pittsburgh Penguins. It happens. Donor's not a dirty player. The next faceoff, Steve Downey, who was the tough guy of the, the Pittsburgh Penguins at the time, said, Donor looked at him. He goes, I know we got to do this. I know we got to go. Because you understand yeah. the code. Donor didn't, wasn't, didn't do it on purpose. He didn't maliciously do it, but he understood that's what happened. Now I have to answer for it. That's the same thing here. Trevor Zegers is going to have to answer for it. And if he won't, somebody on the Anaheim Ducks is going to have to. And it might not be against the Arizona Coyotes, but it's going to be another instance. It's going to be another team. And ultimately, somebody's going to have to answer for it until he learns. And he's still a kid and he's got a long way to go until he learns that enough is enough. I'm just going to play. Okay. Yeah, that game on April 8th, which just happens to be my birthday, birthday. by the way. Happy birthday. Woo, it's going to be uh, a, quite a game. Um, I'm sure the Coyotes have that one circled on their calendar, maybe. Um, I certainly do. And 
what do you even do in that game, like from a betting perspective? <laughs> can you bet like over, over penalty, on penalty minutes? minutes? Is that even a thing you can do on DraftKings? And, and I, it, it, I think cooler heads are going to prevail by then. I think that's a long, yeah. if, if they played, and this is what we talked about having a series, if that game was today, boy, howdy, look out. And that's, again, another thing that, that says maybe we should have series. Yeah. And then I think I would definitely bet on Troy Stetcher anytime score. Oh, I like it. I love it. Well, yeah, <laughs> keep that one on your radar. That's a couple months away, but plenty of events to bet on in the meantime. Obviously, the Super Bowl <laughs> in just under two weeks. Can't believe that. Um, just that's kind of, I love betting on the Super Bowl because you can bet on like the, the, the coin toss, the Gatorade colors, who the yeah, people are going to think wait. first. Like there's just so much fun stuff to bet on on DraftKings for the Super Bowl. So Download it today. Use the code PHNX and new customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's only at DraftKings with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See those show notes for details. Can I say one thing, though? Because we've got some people here that are degenerate gamblers. And, <laughs> and Shane Diefenbach's one of them who hosts the show. And he, I, I'm learning from him, though, because when we flip the channels and he sees a game that's close, Literally any sport doesn't matter. Live bet. Live bet. (laughs) And I've never done that before. So this weekend I was flipping through looking for something and I came across a college basketball team. Two teams don't know. It wasn't like Kentucky and Kansas and ASU and U of A. It was two other teams. Yeah. Under a minute to go. Two point game. I went, pulled up, opened up the app. Ten seconds later, I'm betting. It's like, oh my God. Yesterday, Chiefs game. Under two minutes to go, I had had a very bad day on my previous because of the Purdy injury and I could live bet like took me seconds and I go, Oh, who's plus money. Let's take it. Boom. Got all my money back in a matter of minutes. It was so easy. So I'm all about the live betting now, how easy the live betting is. And it makes you watch a game with two teams in potentially a sport you literally know nothing about and gives you some investment. That is that, that is what makes it fun. I swear. Yes. Did you, were you enjoying some four peaks yesterday watching football? Jackson? I did. I did. Of course. I got the kilt lifter. It was a kilt lifter day. Yeah. For sure. Football yeah. on a Sunday in the playoffs. So that's a kilt yeah, lifter Yesterday day. was a really nice day. Like a, it was. a day drinker. Could have been a wow day. Mm-hmm. It could have mm-hmm. been a peach day. Could have been. I mean, four, golden peaks, lager day. four peaks has a beer for any occasion that it you does. could possibly need the a golden beer lager. So uh, I went kill lifter. We love Four Peaks. And with the Super Bowl coming up around the corner, bring a pack of Four Peaks to whatever, your Super Bowl party. Like, you know, you always want to bring something to a party. They have those variety packs, too. Yeah. Go, go so to Four make Peaks. everyone happy. Go to any like any place you get your beer. If you're on your way, and think, yes. gosh. Like, you can go to Target and get Four Peaks, okay? so Every grocery store in the Valley and get your variety yeah. pack. So Super Bowl is Couldn't around the corner. More. Enjoy a nice Four Peaks beverage during the big game. All right. Well, we originally came here to talk about... <laughs> The midway point of the NHL season, we had to obviously address the Trevor Zegers and Troy Stetcher situation, but as it is the All-Star break, we're just past the midway point of the season. We can kind of take stock of the first half, look ahead to the second, and kind of see what's going on. So, Petey, I want to talk about, first of all, maybe some teams that have disappointed up to this point, and maybe some teams that have surprised up to this point. So I will let you go first, and you can choose good or bad. Well, it is funny because we have these. We're going to have to pay the piper at some point over the comments we made in the fall about who's going to be good and bad. Yeah. And there's a couple things to look at here. And there's some reasons for these things, too. We talk about some prizes, surprises for teams being good. The biggest one in the Western Conference for me is the Pacific Divisional leading Seattle Kraken right now. Yeah. I thought this was a team that was going to miss the playoffs again. 
Um, I, I thought they were better and they were going to be better. Um, I didn't think they'd be this good. And if they were, I thought it was going to be driven with Shane Wright, not Batty, Matty Beneers. So this is a team that surprised me. They're playing good as a team. They're getting offense. Grubauer's having a better season than he did a year ago. Um, they're playing with confidence right now. And this is a team that's going to be a playoff team this year. I, I, I unless the wheels completely fall up in the last off in the last 30 games, this is a playoff team. I don't know if they have the physical toughness to get through seven game series to get them through um, all the way to the finals, but it's a team that is flown under the radar. The other one for me that is doing well, I hate to say it is the Buffalo Sabres. I know I don't want to give him too many flowers and Boston and Boston is good. And we thought they'd be a playoff team, but they're Dominating they, the NHL this year. Um, PD, they've lost three games in a row. Everything's falling apart. <laughs> they, they they haven't lost more than they hadn't lost more than two games in a row this whole season until yeah, until right now. But still, the, what this team is doing, this is the the favorite in the Eastern Conference right now. Fire and the Buffalo Sabers. Be careful because they're just a couple of points out at the All Star break of a playoff spot. Yeah. That's incredible to me. I, I don't know. What do you think? Who's surprising you? Well, yeah, you, Seattle and Buffalo, you mentioned. The other one for me is the New Jersey Devils, oh, yeah. who started this season coming out like out of the gates crazy. And I hadn't really checked in on, on them in a while because they've kind of been a little bit quieter lately. But they're in second in the Metro right now. Like They are sitting squarely in a, the playoff picture, and they're a team that... I think I might have even had toward the bottom of the Metro. I think so they, last year, they, had, a, they had a really disappointing season last year. This is what they were expecting from that team. Um, this, I think this is a good hockey team that plays incredibly fast, that has a really, really high-end skilled talent, that tough in transition. Be careful with this team in the playoffs. It, it, they Right now, they face, if playoffs started today, they'd play the Rangers. That's a hell of a any, shame. Any idea who the New Jersey Devils head coach is? Um, yeah, Sabres legend Lindy Ruff. Ruff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wagon. So there's a lot of Buffalo Sabres connection. That that they are playing extremely well. But you go on the other side. There's a couple things. The two big surprises in the Western Conference for me uh, on the bad side of it are the St. Louis Blues, yeah. who, who are not that far removed from a Stanley Cup championship with a lot of the same players. Had a few injuries, but their goaltending has been erratic. Um, they, they just can't seem to get it together as a group. I think they're getting on track right now. I don't know if there's enough time left in the season for this team to be a playoff team. But remember, when they did win the Stanley Cup, they were on last in January. Yeah. And they win the Cup. So don't write them out. And the other team is the Colorado Avalanche. Last year, Stanley Cup champions who heavy, heavy favorites in the Western Conference has had the injury bug worse than any team in the league. They haven't played with a full roster the entire season. And if they can ever get it back on track and get everybody healthy, you don't want to play this team. And what's going to happen, and we just talked about Seattle, if Seattle wins the Pacific, what if what if Colorado gets in as a wildcard team? And you have to play the Colorado Avalanche the first round, and now they're healthy. Yeah, uh -oh. I think injuries are definitely playing a factor into the season. Colorado's yeah, having, for sure. and at this point, like for me, they just need to make the playoffs and then get all their guys back. I don't out. care what seed they are because yep. they have the experience going through a playoff series. But and that's the same with Tampa because Tampa's going to, you know, where they're going to play in the first round again? Toronto. <laughs> again. Like poor Toronto. Can they just, maybe they can switch to the Pacific and get. Um, they can swap with the Coyotes. Exactly. Coyotes will be in the Atlantic. And let Tampa play in the Central. We'll take it. Because this is a really tough matchup for them. And then in, in the Eastern Conference, teams that Columbus I didn't think was ready to win, but when they signed Johnny Hockey... I thought go, they'd okay. be a bubble team, not yes. a bottom team. Exactly. A bubble team, not a bottom team. And the other one is Florida. Florida was going to be the one. Florida, they won the President's Cup last year. 
President's Cup. President's, President's Trophy. Trophy. Yeah, President, what is the President's Cup? Is that golf? What is President's Cup? I don't know. I mean, the thing about Florida and the thing about the, the race in the East is right now what separates... So right now, the first wild card is the Washington Capitals with 58 points. Florida is only four points behind yeah. that with 54. So it is a tight race. But when you look at a Florida team... Like you said, that won the President's Trophy last season and brings in a new coach, a, a, a seasoned coach, yeah. brings in Matthew Kachuk, you know, and obviously they let go of Huberto and Uyghur, which were big losses, but it was a gamble that they made at the time. I don't think anybody expected them to be a bubble team like we just said we thought the Columbus Blue Jackets would be. Like Florida was a shoe in to the playoffs for me. And right now they're kind of hanging on, fighting for their lives, and they really have no room for error over these next The funny months. thing with Florida is this is a team that a year ago really lived on their team speed. Like who, you talked about Huberto, Duclair. Um, this was a fast hockey team that could outscore you. Their, their offense was off the charts, but Huberto, Uyghur left. That's a big part of their offense. Duclair's been hurt most of this season. That hurt this team. Kachuk adds offense, but he doesn't add that fast offense. He's a dirt, not dirty, sorry, but wrong segment. He's a gritty player that gets in the net hard, and he scores from a few feet from the blue paint. He doesn't score those goals end-to-end with speed. So this team's identity shift completely from what it was a season ago, and I think that's hurt him. I I, I, I still I, I surprised if they missed the playoffs. I still think this team is good enough to make the playoffs, but to your point, the Eastern Conference is tight right now. Like There are so many teams that are within five points of that playoff line. We're in the West they're not no. like the West is the West is almost on Calgary's just on the outside looking in and Nashville, maybe St. Louis could maybe make a push, but that's it. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's many more um, teams that even are considered bubble teams with 32 games to go. So the playoffs are going to shape up. I still think there are some premier teams. I still think Boston is a team to beat. Look out for Vegas um, in, in the West. I don't know if Edmonton and Calgary can have the success that they had a year ago yeah. in the playoffs. And and you know who another surprising team I didn't mention? Uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg, too. I like the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. And they're... F- under the radar, a team that can score. They're a little bit tougher team. They have a little more of that team, but they're deeper, and I think they might be okay in a longer series. And Connor Hellebuck, when he is on fire, kid can play. So don't count out this, the Winnipeg Jet team quite yet. I, I think they could be a team to reckon with in the playoffs. And you know what? There's going to be that second-tier teams. You talk about like the Minnesota Wild. I think they're a playoff team, and they they are good enough to go on a run too. Um, LA, they can go on a run. I, I still think that in the West, it's Vegas, Winnipeg, and Dallas. If Ottinger can play like he played a year ago, that team is another team that's well-balanced with high-end scoring that has a little bit of veteran leadership and that has defense that can help add to the offense. So they also have a good mix. So we'll see what happens in the West. Yeah, it's a really interesting landscape. And I think what will be very interesting over the course of the next month, because we're just one month out from the NHL trade deadline this week. So those teams that we just talked about, those fringe playoff teams, they're going to have to make a decision in the next month. Are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? And you look at a team like St. Louis who has Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, these players who were such a huge part of their Stanley Cup win in 2019. Like, do you blow it all up and and get pieces for the future or do you believe in your group and maybe make a push for the playoffs I think that's going to be really really interesting I mean there's teams that you know are sellers San Jose Arizona Anaheim Chicago in in the west Columbus Montreal maybe Ottawa in the east Um, but that middle group just all the teams we talked about the Islanders Florida St. Louis like 
what are you doing at the trade deadline? And that's the that's what's what's hard to do, especially in Eastern Conference, where we say there's those teams, and Buffalo is a great example too, that they're just close enough. And it's a hard decision. I, I, we went through it here. We talked about it the one year that they got Stepniak and Woltek Wolski. They were days away from being a seller, and they go on this big run in February, and all of a sudden they're buyers. It, it can change that quickly. Yeah. So, I, I, there's a this is a difficult month for some teams. And you, to your point, there are many teams that know exactly who they are, what they are, and what they can get rid of. St. Louis is interesting to me because those guys. They're big name players and and you've got to find a way to make room for them and how much for me at the trade deadline, you try to get guys that fill spots. And I don't know if that top premier player is what all teams are needing right now. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. To Maybe see. a player more like a Nick Bukestad, which we'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, this next month will be very, very interesting. And while we're talking about surprises and disappointments, let's talk about some individual players who has surprised you so far in the first half of the season? Um, the biggest one to me, again, we're going to go back to Buffalo and Tage against the machine. Um, this is a kid right now that, to me, broke through this league and is unbe- unbelievably gifted offensive player. Um, and what he's been able to do. And the other one to me is Jack Hughes. What he's yeah. done in New Jersey, he is a human highlight reel. Like that kid can play. So I think for me, those are the two young guys that are really stepping up right now in the season. And they're both incredibly fun to watch. Unfortunately, they're not the premier players, Crosby, McDavid, Matthews. So you don't hear about them maybe enough, but they're two to keep an eye on in the second half too. They're a lot of fun, high-skilled, high-offensive players. Yeah, I have a couple. Uh, I think Linus Olmark, the goalie for Boston. I mean, Boston wouldn't be where they are without him. But I think when I looked at the season, I thought Jeremy Swayman was going to be their guy. I mean, I'm not in the Boston sphere, so maybe I was completely off base about that. But he's leading all goalies right now with goals against average. And then the other one is Eric Carlson, who is on a really, really bad San Jose Sharks team, who's leading defenseman in points with 66. I mean, it is without a doubt San Jose's best player. And we I just listed San Jose as one of those teams that is going to be a seller at the deadline. But what Eric Carlson's managed to do on a very bad team, you know, that's not on a team like Boston or a team like, you know, somebody else who's in the mix, like Dallas or whatever, where you it's easy to get those points. Like he's doing that on a not so great team. So he's another one that was kind of a, a surprise kind of left field situation um, for me in that sense. And then looking on the flip side, of maybe disappointing players. I would say all the stuff that's going on with Jordan Bennington in St. Louis, um, just in terms of the expectations that you had for a player that maybe haven't materialized. Is there any other? Well, ones you, that have one, and we talked about Johnny hockey already, and I don't know if it's him personally yeah. or if it's just the expectations that he put upon his club in Columbus, but he's a guy that I don't think you would have thought would be in a last place team right now. And I, and I think, it's hard. It's a team game. You can't put all that responsibility on a single player, but that's one where I think they were looking for a little bit bigger blip on, on the radar for a player like that. Yeah. Um, disappointments. I don't know if there's as many disappointments, but I think I what I look for now in the second half is for which players 
we'll can help their the team. Yeah. And, and, and you look, you were talking about the Islanders being on that bubble. Is it a Matthew Barzell, Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, are, are one of those guys going to put their team on the back? Um, Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, Sidney Crosby is a guy that wants to get his team in the playoffs. Is he going to be able to make that push and keep his team in the playoffs over this last 30? So I think it's those character guys. And the other guy to look for, for me, is a guy, again, Buffalo Sabres ties is Jack Eichel in the last 30 games. This team has done well and Eichel has not, he's not been that star player yet. Is this his chance to put this team uh, into the playoffs and, Make a make an impact. I mean, he's a player that's never been there. And, and so is this his time to shine and get his team in the playoffs and finally show, hey, I belong in these conversations as one of the premier players in this league? Yeah. One more surprise I want to mention is Logan Thompson, who we didn't really know anything much about him before the season started and thought, oh, my God, how can Vegas replace Robin Leonard, Marc-Andre Fleury? You know, I thought they I thought they would be a bubble playoff team. And then Logan Thompson has really stepped up for them and kept them in the playoff picture. So it'll be really interesting to follow the next month um, of this, or the next couple of months, but especially leading up to the trade deadline. And without question, there are some players who are going to be making some moves um, to new homes. And when they do, I'm going to help them. I'm going to tell them about more furniture so they can furnish their new places and their new cities stylishly and comfortably and I'm going to be checking out more furniture. Um, I'm going to need some new things. I need a new kitchen table. I need a couple of shelves. There's just a lot of stuff. So I'm planning to head out to more furniture soon. Um, and you should too, because it's the best furniture in the Valley. And if you visit more furniture on the cross streets of 44th and McDowell and use promo code PHNX, you'll get free delivery and installation on any purchase of $999 or more. This is not available online. This is a very limited time offer that's valid until January 31st. That's tomorrow for the record. So today or tomorrow, get out there. It's exclusively for our PHNX listeners. So take advantage of that offer now. And as for these players who might breakout in the second half of the season maybe take some high maybe you know bet on them and, and take some hires for their player point totals on underdog fantasy um play the pick em game high take higher or lowers for player totals if there's someone who's been disappointing you you know look at how players are trending and you can kind of just throw a higher throw a lower and if you get even three right you can win tr- i think it's what like times six your money yep. something like that Underdog fantasy is so fun, and you can do it for any sport, not just hockey, but football. So for the Super Bowl, if you don't care about the Eagles or the Chiefs, why not put some money on it? You can play daily fantasy as well for all the sports, which that's a lot of fun too. Play with your friends, play in a small group, play in a big group, all of that you can do on Underdog Fantasy, and it's super easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with code PHNX. And Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. So definitely check them out. All right. A couple other things to get to before we wrap up. Um, we want to talk about the coaching carousel because we've only seen one change so far this season. Obviously, Bruce Boudreaux, we've talked a ton about this being replaced by Rick Tockett. But we ju- we did just talk about disappointing teams is there anybody else you can see on the hot seat for coaches? Yeah, I do. And I think there's two of them to come to me. We talked about Bruce. There it is a lot. So that, that came as no surprise. 
right now there's two guys. And any time that you're expected to make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs and be a really good team and you're not, I think coaches get under that umbrella as you're on the hot seat. And the biggest one to me is we've mentioned it several times already is the St. Louis Blues and Craig Berube. And we keep saying, what is the problem? And, you know, is it Craig Bennington and not having the year he was expected to have, not having the scoring, having injuries or... Are they done listening to their coach? And so I, I think he's number one on the list. And I hate to say it, I know he was beloved up there in Western Canada, but Daryl up in Calgary. Um, hmm. You know, Daryl Sutherland in Calgary, he, he is old school and he pushes his guys a different way. And I know players like playing for him and they think he's, you know, can can help this team get to the next level and play Calgary Flame hockey. Um We'll see if they're a team that's outside the playoffs. I, I do. I think he's going to get fired during the season. Probably not. Craig Berube might like he might. He's he's one of the ones on the hot seat. I think the other ones, the other teams that are struggling. I think you look at Columbus, Detroit missing the playoffs. Um, and let's talk about Arizona and Chicago. The expectations there are not to win. So I, I don't think that there are those those limitations put on those coaches like, gosh, you got to get in or we're going to fire you. It's just the opposite. I don't think the expectation was on Detroit necessarily either. That's what I mean. Yeah. So I don't think Detroit is no. absolutely they're bringing a new but coach. They're the not team, ready. It's the teams that went in with the expectation to make the playoffs and maybe either won't or are in a position in Florida, right now. I, I think they're going to give their coach, you know, you look at Paul Maurice, he's a veteran guy who's been in the playoffs. He's done a lot of things. He just got there. Like, they're not going to let Paul Maurice go right now. And no. that's the team that I think would be, gosh, we're well below expectations. But that's not going to happen. I thought Sheldon Keefe had a short leash, but that team seems to be playing pretty well. So I think well, they're we'll fine. See, but we're going to have to see what happens in the playoffs with him. Because yeah, he if they, if the they summer. make another first-round exit, I don't know about either him or yeah dj dj smith in in ottawa another team that thought they were going to have playoff aspirations that could go over the summer but i don't think in season i i think again preface all this by what the hell do i know no but the only one that i can see on the hot seat right now for in season is Craig Berube at the St. Louis Blues. And that doesn't mean it should or could yeah. or would. I just see that that's the only one that you would look at. I mean, Vancouver already has. If there were odds, like he yeah, would that would be the, one. the next if best that odds is to it. get fired. Nailed it. Which maybe we'll have to... Get that on the odds. Hey, DraftKings, next coach to get fired. Is that a thing we can do? Um, yeah. So a couple of those are some things to follow. A couple other things we're following as the season goes on. What's going to happen with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves? Will they be traded? Will they still be Blackhawks by the end of the season? Well, Horvat has been, you know, yep. trade bait. Where is he going to go? Where can he fit in at the trade deadline? Um, so those are some other things. Was there any of well, those yeah, that you the, have the, a, the, an inkling about? But the trade deadline thing is really interesting to me because there's so many things. And what happens is Giroux was the guy last year. Giroux's the guy. Everybody's got to go after Claude Giroux and, and ends up going to Florida. But that's not the guy that gets the team over the hump. It's it's the guys that play a role that fit the spots. And, you know, you could Hagel. Hagel goes from Chicago to Tampa, and they make it to the finals. Paul, Nick Paul, goes from Ottawa to Tampa, and they make the finals. I, it's not always the guy that – it's not always the O'Reilly and the Tarasenko. It's a guy – let's go to the Coyotes. It's a guy like Josh Brown. Yeah. It's a, it's a guy that fills a role and a need for a team that needs that role or need. You can't get caught up in the guys that are the, you know, I, unfortunately, and this is no knock on Taylor Hall because I really like Taylor Hall, but when he came to the Coyotes, it, it wasn't a fit. 
yeah. you got to get the guy that helps fit. Maybe it's a third line wing. Maybe it's a third well, pair defenseman. Nick, I think we need to bring up Nick Bukestad. Nick Bukestad, exactly. For, right, and, you know, on this team, he's a second line center, but on any other team, you know, he's probably that third line center. And center depth in the NHL is something that's hard to come by. Um, today on 32 Thoughts, Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick brought up rumors of Nick Bukestad and interest on behalf of the Edmonton Oilers, and they even threw Shane Gostisbehere's yeah. name in there. You know, those are depth players. They're not the flashy Jacob Chikrin, for example. If Jacob Chikrin would be an example of a, of a player who would make a bigger splash, but those depth pieces like a Nick Bukestad and what they can do for a team. And I think that's, let's talk about Chikrin. He's been talked about since the summertime as a trade piece. Getting that deal done there's a lot of moving parts. The ask is big. It's a lot of assets moving, and that's a hard thing to get done at the trade deadline. It may. I still think a Jacob Chikrin trade is much more likely at the draft over the summer, and I think moving a player like Nick Bukestad, and I really like Nick Bukestad, to your point, he fills a role, and that's an easier deal. Like It's not a first, a pick, you know, money changing hands. It's not a high salary. It's not a hard ask, and you can get an asset for it. Uh, that's why I think players like Josh Brown, Nick Bugstead are much more likely to go than a Jacob Chikrin. And I think that's league-wide. And be careful. Watch the trade deadline acquisitions right now and see what impact that has on these teams in the playoffs. Because let's be honest, most of these guys are rentals. They are just need for this playoff run. And getting that guy that might be a 13th forward, you get injuries, and he might be the guy that, Helps you get through all of this and win. Yeah, uh, it, It's going to be interesting. So I think there will be coyotes out the door at the trade deadline. I don't think there's any doubt about yeah. it. But I think you're looking at Nick Bugstad, Troy Stetcher, Josh, Josh Brown, more so than you are looking at Gosses, Baron Chikrin. Yep. Well... It and it's also easy for me to see that when Craig's not here because he actually knows stuff. I don't know anything. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see going forward um, what happens. This next month is going to be... Very, very fascinating. But if you want to see any of these guys in action while well, you know they're still Coyotes, go on game time. I know there's no games until next Monday, but there will be games soon, and you can see them in person. By the way, the Toronto Raptors are in town tonight to play the Suns, and I've been, I told you last week, I've been looking at these tickets for weeks. I checked last night. Guess how much there were tickets for? I have no idea. You want to just give up? For wit? The Toronto Raptors playing the Phoenix Suns tonight in twenty-five center. $12. $12. $12. Speaking of a team that just won a championship, the Raptors won in 2019. Not a big deal. Um, but like you can literally get in the door for $12. I saw $14 tickets. I saw I saw $25 tickets. And they're not even bad seats. They're in the upper bowl, but, but they're not like the last row. That's you know what I mean? So are you going to go? And you can, you can also be in the lower bowl for as low as like $80. So Unreal. I don't know. I'm still undecided, but that's what's so great about game time is I can make a game, game time, time decision. decision. Um, but save up to 60% when you buy last minute. And the best way to support us is by using the link in our description when you buy those tickets. So I will let you guys know if I end up doing it. But if not, I did need to share the fact that I saw $12 tickets on game time last night and I haven't even checked today. So who knows? Maybe there's $10 tickets. Maybe as it gets closer. Yeah. So check that out. And while you're perusing the links in our description below, consider clicking the link to become a diehard. Go phnx.com slash diehard. Becoming a diehard gets you a lot of perks. You can read Craig's 96-question mailbag. That's for diehards only. You can read Craig's 
prospect report. That's for diehards only. You can get access to our diehard discord. You get 20% off in the PHNX locker. You get access to exclusive merchandise. You get 20% off on events, which we got some more events to come. So stay tuned for that. We'll be announcing those soon. So just a lot of perks to becoming a diehard, joining our family. You get a membership card. You get a free shirt or hat every year at sign up. So become a diehard. Support us. We would really appreciate having you as part of our family. And I love chatting in the Discord. Yeah. And here with a lot of our diehards for sure. Yeah. So check that out and uh, grab yourself. We're both rocking the PHX. Yeah, we always do. I know. We're, We're very supportive of our brand. Absolutely love the cardigan today, by the way, Petey. Yeah, Thanks, you're buddy. rivaling Jacob Franklin for... I, well, he's not here, so I thought it... In, yeah, his... as a nod. He's been sending us baby pictures all Yeah, I, I missed out on those. Yeah. And we share a birthday, too, so I think I should. Yeah, you and Jacob's baby. Yeah, love it. we share a birthday. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I will say this. I don't know if it's it's because it's more age-appropriate. I'm digging the cardigans now. Like, and it's funny, because I'm a kid of the 70s. Like, my dad, my dad in the 70s, this was literally had... 15 of these in every color like you wore it every single day the button-up cardigan buddy life-changing lightweight they can make any look classical even with a t-shirt i, I have it. a cardigan i'm gonna pull it out the other day but i, I decided against it I haven't worked one day we should all wear cardigans i, I will say dp in your 20s if you can rock this just saying you'll <laughs> i i'm because not everybody can pull the look off i know you can if you roll into old town rocking a button-up cardigan my that mind doesn't have confidence. buttons on it, but I did. I swear I almost wore the cardigan out Friday night. That oh, shows wow. confidence. Wow. All right. Well, um, the irony of our earlier conversation was that as we were talking, as we've been live, a video went out um, from the NHLPA, <laughs> which was captioned, what makes a good chirp? These players reveal their secrets to the age-old art and which of their teammates would take the chirping crown or not. The irony of this. So... We have the video, and we're going to play it right now. Well, I think the funniest ones I can't even mention on, on, on camera, so... Uh... I think you got to be random. You got to be quick on your feet. Just kind of be witty uh, in the moment, just like a quick, quick response. There's always good ones out there. That's easy to find when someone is mic'd up. You know, the guys that you find the funniest uh, always just come up with something crazy, and you just can't believe where they would pull that out of. So that'd be my description of a good chirper. Me? No, I'm not a chirper. I'm just, I just go with the flow. I do my thing. And I shouldn't with my accent, really, but. <laughs> the worst chirper on our team is um, Mikhail Sergachev. He gets so mad. He's so competitive, so he gets so mad. And then you can't really hear what he's saying. Uh, Colton Franco would never say a bad word about anyone. The best at chirping may be Byram. Oh, Byram. And now that Nas is gone, I feel like Nas always had some good chirps, but yeah, probably Bo. Well, the biggest chirp in our team is no, no brain. That was Pat Maroon once again. Uh, he's so good at it too, and but he takes a lot too from the other teams. But it's a two-way street. Drew Doughty, talking all the time. He's just loud too, and you bring somebody with him. Like he just, he's really good at it. To be honest, he's, uh, it's part of his game too. That's why he's uh, one of the best uh, on the ice. He's one of the most painful to play against. I used to chirp a lot more than I do now, but I'm not very good at it. So I'll stick to, to playing the game instead. I, I can first cannot believe the timing. This literally got tweeted by the NHLPA during the show. So what that tells me is they're 
upper brass management and attorneys are watching our show and said, perfect timing. The fact one, that they just had this video yes. just waiting to go to is wild. One quick observation. When you heard who were the best chirpers, notice a lot of them were veteran players and a lot of them have won Stanley Cups. And it's a lot easier to chirp when you have won Stanley Cups. Just saying. Yep. So anyway, <laughs> very interesting. Of course, we'll keep tabs if anything more comes out of the situation. We'll keep tabs on everything we talk if about. If Craig today. comes out of hiding. If Craig does come out of hiding. I believe he is scheduled to be back Wednesday, so okay. we will see. Um, but yes, our schedule for the rest of the week, since there are no games, will be live Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, what? Yeah, I know. Because we're going to talk about the NHL All-Star <sighs> game after the fact. So, and if you're free on Saturday. If you're free on Saturday, by the way, because I know there will be some PHNX presence there at the mullet. And, and let's talk about the mullet quickly because not everybody can go to an ASU hockey game or a Coyote game. We see the prices of tickets and it may not always be easy for, for people or large families to get to these games. Saturday, this Saturday, February 4th the Arizona State High School Hockey Championships is at Mullet Arena on 7 o'clock at night between Desert Vista and the Notre Dame Saints. Huge tilt. Desert Vista upset the favorite Pinnacle Pioneers last night. The two-time consecutive... Bummer Pinnacle. Pinnacle is, yeah, state defending state champion Pinnacle Pioneers. They are out of it in Desert Vista and Notre Dame face off this Saturday. It's Tickets are $15. And if you want to see Mullet, if you want to go and see a game inside Mullet, this could give you an opportunity to do that. I think it's going to be exciting, entertaining, fun hockey. I'm going to be there. They actually let me call the game as a color hockey analyst, which is kind of maybe scary. But honestly, if you want to see the Mullet, you want to see some cool hockey. It's it's kids playing for their school, not for money, not for fame, not for egos, but for their school. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot cool. of fun. So come out this Saturday. And like I said, we'll yeah, be there. So. Nicholas got it. Desert Vista comes in this heavy underdog. They're the fifth seed in Notre Dame. I love coming it. I'll cheer the, for the underdog. Why the, not? the Saints are the number one seed. Since the Horizon Huskies are out, I got to cheer for somebody. <sighs> yes. Bummer. Um, but everybody, we thank you so much for being here live in our chat. Or if you're watching or listening after the fact, please like this video. Please subscribe on audio. Leave us a five-star review, whether you listen on Spotify or Apple or somewhere else. It really helps us a lot. It means a lot for you to do that follow phnx sports on twitter we got a fun piece of content coming out today that you're not going to want to miss so follow phnx sports on twitter you can also follow each of us at s peters hockey at craig s morgan who is now you know under fire by shut your pie hole Um, shut your pie hole but you know it is what it is you can follow me at leah merrill you can follow sean at sean underscore to pause and of course you can follow our show at phnx underscore coyotes we'll be off tomorrow back wednesday live the rest of the week. So tune into the BHX Sports YouTube channel. But until then, enjoy the rest of your day, everybody.